Hey guys, Bryce here from Flex Cortex. All content on the Flex Cortex podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitution for medical advice from a qualified health professional. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Flex Cortex. Today I'll just be myself and I'll be talking to you guys about progress. More importantly, metrics and some things that you can track so that your way you're always seeing progress in the gym and outside of the gym. Because fitness, more importantly, is about improving your overall lifestyle and sustainability, right? So we're going to be talking about some of the very common things that I hear in the gym. Um, that I've just experienced working in person and in the online scene. Um, I'm going to be going through some of these things that I often hear and other PTs that I've talked to have also hear and heard before. Um, and we're going to try to talk about those things and shed a little bit of light on them so that way you guys have a little bit more direction. Uh, just because I have been in the space now for probably about eight years. And these are all things that I wish that I knew back then. Um, so if I can help you guys now, then I'll happily do that. So the very first thing um, is often the weight on the scale has gone up. What happened? So maybe you're doing your first check-in with a client um, and let's say that the weight has gone up. So all of a sudden they're panicking. They're wondering, well, what happened? I shouldn't have gained two pounds. Um, I've been coming, you know, seeing you twice a week. I've been eating better you know, all that stuff. So obviously people can get very fixated on the scale and it can actually result in a lot of complications um, and it can obviously make people feel really insecure. Um, And I think that has a large play of social media uh, just because we are all so influential um, and the way that society is, is we're all very involved in the online space. So we're seeing a lot of people that are, you know, our ideal body, quote unquote, Um, And we also think that that's how we should look uh, versus how you actually look. So one thing I want to talk about here is that there's a good chance you could have put on muscle because when you're, you know, working out initially, your body's adapting to a new stress that you've never had before. So your body's shocked and you're likely putting on extra tissue that you never had before, or maybe you're actually eating more than you were eating before. So a lot of it could just be water too. So it's important to make sure that you're, you know, weighing yourself at the same time. Um, and also remembering too, that like, there's a lot of other external factors that play a part and that can be contributing to your weight gain or your weight loss. So try not get too fixated on the scale. Um, I tell all my clients, it's really important to take pictures. Um, so I'll encourage them to take pictures. Like if you want to every week, every two weeks, you know, every four, Um, And then obviously doing some sort of body fat analysis just to assess their overall um, body fat, their fat mass, um, their fat percentage, um, looking at their dry lean and looking at, you know, roughly their water, their water um, weight, just seeing how much they're carrying on that given day, right? Because these all are going to play a factor in the weight that you're currently sitting at of that day. Um, Also, it depends like what time you weigh them, right? If you're weighing them at like 5 or 6 p.m., chances are they probably had like two or three meals. So if they're a little bit heavy from when you did your initial meeting with them, there's that to keep in mind too, right? 
the next one here would be, I can't lift the same amount of weight as I did last week. Have I plateaued? Um, so often in the gym, especially, I see people that are slow. Or, you know, you'll see a spike and an increase in weight when you start working out, right? You'll see weight start to fly up. You'll be adding weight every week. Um, once you kind of end the beginner gains, like the newbie gains, you're going to get to a point where the weight won't be as linear. Like it won't be going up as much. It'll be up to a certain point, but then it'll be like, you know, an up down trend, right? Cause there's a lot of factors that contribute to progress and progress itself is not linear. It's not just a straight line. Um, so this is when it's important to keep in mind other variables to track, right? Like, are you looking at the overall volume that you're working out in a session, right? Like maybe you can't do a certain weight for uh, three by five, but maybe you should just add a set, right? So like, let's say a three by five would be 15 reps. And let's say you try the three by five with that weight again, and you can't hit it. So then what you should maybe do is drop off and like, let's say, let's do a four by four. So you're adding an extra, an extra set, but you're also decreasing the rep ranges by a little bit. So that way you're able to still get in the overall volume and the tonnage in that session, right? So a lot of other things to keep in mind, but then also to keep the progress going too, right? Like just because you can't hit a weight for a certain rep range doesn't mean you're not seeing progress. Like I'm sure if you tracked other variables or if you're looking at other aspects of the gym itself, like you were definitely seeing progress. Um, and I think that this helps a lot with people's longevity and sustainability with the gym because we are all creatures of habit, but we also like to be seeing some sort of direct um, change in what we're doing. So obviously you don't want to be putting time into something if you're not seeing anything come back from it, right? So that's why, you know, goal setting is such an important thing too. Make sure that obviously as well as your long-term goals, you're also setting short-term goals for yourself that you can reevaluate with your trainer or that you can actually sit down by yourself and even reevaluate. So even if you don't have a coach, I strongly encourage that you constantly reevaluate your goals. So that way you're always going to be pushing forward and on a forward trend instead of like, okay, well, I've hit that goal now, like let's say losing 30 pounds uh, and then you fall off because you didn't take the time to sit down again and make more goals for yourself. So the biggest thing from that is tracking other metrics. So, you know, for that example, like, you know, a three by five, um, let's say you can't hit that weight, then do a four by four, try it, you know, adding a little bit of weight. So that way you're still able to get that volume in and you're still able to progressively overload extra stimulus, better response, you know, and that's gains equals gains. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, just lots of things to keep in mind. But the biggest thing too is also just tracking what you're doing. So have a plan when you go in, at least track what you're training. So that way you're not just going in there and winging it every session. Um, but I would highly recommend having a coach so that way they can have something tailored to you specifically. Uh, so yeah, the next thing here would be like weight versus body comp, what actually matters. And this is kind of bouncing off the first thing again. Uh, the biggest thing here is like weight might go up, weight might go down. But the one thing that's really important to remember is like body comp. So we, I discussed this before with your um, body fat mass, your body fat percentage, your dry lean mass, your skeletal muscle, and like your water weight, right? Like all these things you can get from, uh, I know a lot of scales will give you that, but the thing with scales is that 
they'll always be high, they'll always be low. Like they're never going to be exactly dead on. Um, but that gives you a ballpark, at least of where you're at. And it does give you a way to track progress to a point. So um, I do recommend that people do get some sort of scale um, just because they aren't super expensive. And it gives you something that you can, you know, compare to for reference and just see how you're actually progressing um, just because it will obviously give you some stats. Um, the best thing you can do obviously would be to go in and get like a DEXA done or go get calipers done because that'll give you an actual accurate idea of what your fat percentage is at, what your fat mass is at. Uh, and then a DEXA will tell you like your, um, your mo like pretty much your muscle, um, your bones, and they'll give you a lot more detail as to your actual genetic structure and your anatomical layout, right? It'll tell you where your weight lies, which is actually really cool. Um, but I do believe they cost about 100 or $150. So there is that. Um, the next thing here I want to chat about is BMI. Um, so BMI is body mass index. And again, it's, I would almost say it's a little bit of a, I would say it's, it's archaic. Um, I don't use it. I know a lot of PTs don't use it. And the reasoning is, is because it is on like, just like a line. So for those of you that are just listening, the, and you can't see the line that I just made with my hands. Um, it's just a line. Like, it's just going to be saying like, okay, this is where you should be. And this is where you are. This is like obese, like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it gives you again, like a ballpark. And it also is like a, you should be this weight for being this height. It's all based off of the standard and it's all based off of like a, a statistics it's not like it's actually accurate to you um or accurate to other people that have used the scale either right so a good example of this is like when i have my bmi done my bmi is like 31 32. so for those of you that aren't familiar with the scale that has me at like obese um, and I've been working out for probably about eight years. I mean, I'm not super, super lean, but there's no way that I would be obese. But again, it's basing it off of somebody who's like five, nine and a half, well, five, five, ten on a good day, right? Um, that I should be, you know, this weight for being that height. But doesn't factor in sport history, doesn't factor in train age, doesn't factor in any of these things. So, um, I definitely would track other metrics and BMI just because BMI is so subjective. Um, and again, it's just a statistic that is given to you usually by a doctor um, because they, it, was, it was given to them by some agency somewhere. Um, one of the things too is a lot of people come into me um, and they, are, they talk about stress from work. Um, obviously, I know that stress from a job is a very real thing. Um, but the things to remember from that as well is that stress has a very large impact on weight. Um, so people that typically are finding that it's really hard to lose weight or keep weight off, you'll find a, tr a trend that their stress levels are typically always very high. Um, so that, you know, has obviously a, a correlation with weight loss and weight gain. Um, so it's very important to make sure that you are trying to manage your stress levels. Um, so that's why the stress is actually something that I track with all of my clients. We track that on a week to week basis and we're just seeing like how your stress levels are. 
um, as well as energy, right? Because those two kind of go hand in hand. And those can obviously be excelling your progress or hindering your progress. So it's very important to make sure that you are tracking stress as a metric, even just for yourself, right? Like, um, just because they could obviously be reflective of like a high weigh-in, um, or it could be causing you to want to stress eat, could be causing you to drink maybe. Like, there's a lot of ways that people deal with stress differently and coping mechanisms. So it's very important that you are just keeping that in mind um, as you kind of go forward with things, right? Um, the next one actually after that is sleep. So a very common thing that I hear people say when they come in is, oh, I haven't been sleeping much, you know, I've been working quite a bit or, um, you know, I try to eat, I try to eat pretty well, but my sleep isn't very good. Um, so first of all, I just want to start off by saying that sleep is the most underrated form of recovery as much as you know you want to be able to eat well to help recover if you eat really well and you train really well but your sleep is sporadic it's all over the place it's not consistent then you could be missing on a lot of potential for progress you could be seeing and it also could be limiting a lot of recovery so it could be extending how long it takes you to actually recover between sessions right i mean obviously affected by the overall volume of that session um, and the stress being put on the body, right? So uh, it's very important to, again, like I know we always stress the importance of having like some sort of schedule set where you're getting some sort of consistent sleep. Um, and it's probably like beating a dead horse at this point because like I'm sure people have all heard it so much. Um, but I just wanted to really try to reiterate how important it is to make sure that you have a consistent sleep schedule. Um, I know there's also lots of ways to track your sleep as well, just so that we can see your sleep quality, right? And again, stress and sleep go hand in hand. Um, obviously, lots of people end up having really bad sleeps due to high stress, um, or the quality of sleep isn't as good either. So they're both very important things that you can track um, that can be helping accelerate your progress or hinder it. Um, another common one is, I think I eat enough food. So a lot of people will come in and uh, we'll chat about the nutrition and, you know, being part of the console and we'll sit in there and we'll just talk and I'll, I'll ask them, okay, like roughly if you were to guess how much you eat a day, um, well, first of all, I'll ask them, do you track your food or do you have some sort of metric that you track? Uh, usually it's no. Um, usually it's time, right? So it takes time to put everything in. It takes time to meal prep. So they're just like, no, I don't really track, but you know, let's say I eat two or three meals a day, right? Then you start asking them what they actually eat for those meals. Then it's like, okay, well, I eat a salad for lunch with chicken. Let's say for breakfast, I eat a couple eggs and um, let's say a couple pieces of toast and let's say an orange juice and like let's say a coffee or something, right? And then you go home and you're like, okay, I got to keep it light again, right? And um, I want to eat like, let's say a salad and chicken again, just because salads are again very commonly associated with weight loss so then you roughly calculate the calories out for that and you're maybe saying at like 1500 right and then you realize that this person in front of you is you know let's say they're they're 30 let's say they're they're six let's say they're five eight a little bit overweight right maybe a moderately active job there's you're almost guaranteed that that amount of food isn't even at their maintenance to like maintain weight. So it's probably not even meeting their demands of their basal metabolic rate. So I just want to talk about like, again, reiterate the importance of like how important it is to be eating enough food 
Um, a good example of this is actually myself as of recently. I started with um, a nutritionist at work, so I work at Mobility Windermere, and I recently started with uh, Chris Krulicki, and um, he's another one of the trainers there, and um, he's helping me with my nutrition currently. And before, when I wasn't working with him, I was, again, for a little bit, I was probably guessing what I was eating. So then he brought me up to what my maintenance level should be. And I've actually seen a decrease in probably about five pounds of water in like a week and a half. So again, it's just really, really important to know that it's good to be able to give yourself food. Like you need food, right? Like food is energy, calories are energy, your body expends energy and you just, you need food as a, as a resource. So make sure that you're obviously giving yourself the food that you need and make sure that you just aren't going too low in your calories, right? Because most people, what they'll do is they'll go way too low um, and they'll think that just because I'm eating so little, I'm going to be losing weight when really it's usually typically a vice versa thing, right? So um, definitely speak with a nutritionist um, or even just speak with like with your trainer, um, and I'm sure they can help give you some suggestions for food um, and kind of lead you in the right direction as far as sources go. Again, most of us uh, as trainers aren't qualified to be giving you guys meal plans um, unless we have some form of nutrition education to be able to actually assign you guys something to eat or at least being able to tell you guys what to eat. Um, but we are more than happy to give you guys alternatives of what to eat um, and help you guys even calculate your macros and then just finding ways that you're able to live a healthier lifestyle overall, right? Um, just because obviously we all realize that you guys have a life outside of uh, work and outside of the gym, right? So want to make sure that we're making it as easy for you guys as possible. Um, the next one is... Uh, okay, so this is a very common one that I hear too. I just eat what my friend is eating... Uh, seems to work for them. So the, the thing here is what they're eating is for them. So it's the same thing for if you go onto these YouTube channels and you see like a day in the life or full day of eating. What they're eating for them is for them. So you shouldn't be going and trying to duplicate and mimic what they are eating just because what they have laid out portion-wise, what they have laid out calorie-wise, what they have laid out into different meals, into different snacks, is what has worked for them. Um, and obviously, it meets their physical demands, energy demands, right? I'm not saying that you guys can't take um, food recipes from that or take you know suggestions from that and being able to apply those into your own diet. But I want to stress the importance of not just following it and like aimlessly following it like you have to remember that it's for them it's not for you so be resourceful and um, maybe if you see a recipe that you really like like utilize it throw it into your own diet make it work with you but don't just be following somebody's diet because you want to look like them because everybody again is so different we all have individual needs that you need to make sure that you're addressing okay um when the next one is I'm pretty sure I drink enough water. So again, this is all part of usually the initial the initial consult process. Um, when I meet somebody, we chat about all these pillars of health, right? We chat about 
lifestyle. We chat about, you know, sleep and we chat about like stress and energy and food and training, right? Because they're all a pill. They're all pillars that apply to, to fitness in general and helps with the overall outlook of the work of working on itself, right? Or even it can help lay the foundation for the program that you're going to be making for them. So it's very important to make sure that you are drinking enough water um, because water can obviously affect your your hormone levels. So it can affect your appetite. It can affect your um, it can affect your your hydration obviously as well, which is an obvious one. So it can obviously if you're not drinking enough water, you can you can be a little drier, um, which can be affecting weigh-ins. It can also be affecting like the biggest one is probably your your hunger and your appetite. So yeah, it can, make, it can be making you want to crave more salty or sweet foods, um, which will usually result in people actually going and buying salty and sweet foods, right? So um, usually I find that if people tend to get snacky at night, um, you know, we'll typically evaluate stress levels. We'll typically evaluate other external factors, but then I'll also just look at their water intake, right? Like, did you go most of the day without having any water? Then you go home. Maybe you haven't really had any water. Maybe you've had a glass of water, and that's probably why you're reaching for the chips, right? So it's very important to just remember that water does play a large factor on, um, obviously, hydration, right? Obviously, your kidney function, um, and then it obviously plays a large factor on just your appetite and your hunger. So it is one of those things that, again, is often overlooked, and people only drink when they're thirsty, but if you're drinking at the point when you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Um, and then obviously too, like if you're in some sort of sport or if you're in, or if you're just working out, it is very important to be replenishing sweat that you're losing. Um, and then also trying to replenish that, that salt, right? Because you're losing a lot of salt and sodium as you sweat as well. Uh, the last one here was, I've been following push-pull legs for years. It seems to work for me. So... Lots of the time we have people come in and they have something for reference that they maybe did five years ago. So you five years ago isn't you you now. And it's very important to remember that you have to adapt and change accordingly, right? Obviously, as you've changed as a person, as your physical demands have changed, maybe your occupation has changed, Maybe you've adapted some more injuries, you know, life too, right? A program that worked for you five years ago or maybe like 10 years ago, there's no guarantee to work for you now, even though people want to go back because let's say they saw great results off of it before. But there's a lot of factors you have to consider now that are different than they were then. Also, like let's say, you know, you were a lot younger then, you were able to recover faster, you're able to handle more volume, you're able to just like repair tissue quicker, right? Just because you are younger. And as, um, you know, as youths, typically you're just able to recover quicker from stress being put on the body. So uh, that's just some things to consider, right? But, you know, I also want to just talk about, again, the importance of having a trainer. If I could redo it over again, I would probably get a trainer right from the start. Like I started working out probably when I was 15 or 16. For those of you that know me or for those of you that have listened to a lot of the podcasts, um, yeah, 15 or 16. And at that point in time, I did a lot of my own research, but a lot of it was just based off of like articles, based a lot of 
a lot of it was based off of what I had seen online. A lot of it was trial and error based. Um, and a lot of it was just, you know, kind of winging it. Um, and if I could redo it now, I, I see that as being wasted potential time, wasted time that I could have been utilizing if I was with a coach, right? And I could probably be further ahead than I am now if I actually had just taken the time to hire somebody even for six months or for a year, right, to lay a solid foundation before um, taking on this journey myself. Um, so again, it's, it's never it's never bad you to ask for help, guys. Um, and we're obviously all here to help you. Um, and if we can't help you, a lot of us are willing to lead you in the right direction of somebody that can help you just because it's very important that you guys obviously align well and that you vibe well with your, with your PT and with your coach because you have to trust them um, just because they obviously are going to be helping you get to your goals, right? And you obviously want to make sure that you're working with somebody that you can see potential in and obviously see some, some growth in that regard as well. So I uh, hope that these points have given you guys some more insight on things to track. Again, just like metrics that you guys should be tracking or some things that maybe will change your whole outlook. Um, just to ensure that you're seeing progress in some, some way, shape or form, just because I know that it can be hard sometimes if you're not seeing you know direct progress to want to keep going. Um, I've talked about another podcast before, but to keep your dedication and your motivation levels high, even though they are subjective, um, they are subjective to to your mind and to how you're seeing and evaluating your own progress, right? So if you're not seeing the progress you want to be seeing, um, just based off of certain metrics and you know context on certain situations, then it can obviously dictate um, how long you maybe try to stick with that habit for. So again, it's very important to just make sure that you have a different outlook on things and to just be trying to move forward in some way, shape, or form. Uh, to end this thing off though, if you guys have any further questions, feel free to reach out to Tanner or myself. So my handle on Instagram, because that's usually where I'm the most active, is at underscore body by Bryce. And I'm more than happy to help you guys with anything that I can help you with. If I can't help you, I will be happy to lead you in the right direction of somebody that can help you and that um, can you know, fulfill and your needs um, and at least kind of help you get on the right track there. But um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you to those of you that have watched the video. Um, we're going to be trying to get to a, a bit more of a consistent basis here. And um, just going into this new year, it's very important to you know, stay optimistic and to make sure that you're obviously working um, in a forward way and making sure that you're obviously trying to push yourself um, so that way we can be you know, starting off the year strong and everything like that. So thank you guys for listening, and I will talk to you all very soon. Thank you.